You're listening to a Roddenberry Podcast. I'm Jessica Lynn Birdie, and this is your Sci-Fi 5. Five minutes of science fiction history for April 27th. Long before a giant monkey showed up to throw hands, there was only one king of the monsters. Godzilla, king of the monsters, was theatrically released in the U.S. on this day in 1956. The original Godzilla came out in Japan in 1954. It was the first time we met the giant radioactive monster, which not only kicked off a whole genre of films called kaiju or strange beast, but is even noted as kicking off an entire era of filmmaking called the Showa era. The movie made a huge splash, pun not intended, and Japanese audiences went crazy for the big G, which means they were spending a lot of money to see him. So, of course, it wasn't long before America wanted to get in on some of that kaiju kaching. In 1955, Edmund Goldman bought the rights for $25,000 on the agreement that the film would be narrated, dubbed in English, and completed in accordance with the revisions, additions, and deletions, with final approval by Toho. And then it was time to Americanize Godzilla to make it more palatable to an international audience. In fact, the American public wouldn't see the original 1954 Toho version until almost 50 years later. The original 1954 Godzilla was loaded with metaphors and emotional turmoil and subtext that spoke to the post-war Japanese audience who were still reeling from the consequences of atomic warfare, and Godzilla was essentially a coping mechanism. But for the American version, we stripped out all of the subtext and drama and added in Raymond Burr, because that's how we roll. Burr acted with over-the-shoulder body doubles and then was spliced into the film as if he had been there all along. He also provided some narration to help tie things together. However, Burr had only been contracted for a single day, so they shot 24 hours straight to get everything they needed. The dubbing for the Japanese actors was ah, interesting. The voice actors, one of whom was Lopan himself, James Hong, read for multiple roles, and they didn't even have the film in front of them. They just read from a script, tried a few different speeds, and the editors just picked one that sort of fit. Plot-wise, the bones are still there, so to speak. Godzilla wakes up, starts wrecking things, and they stop him with an oxygen-destroying machine. Only now, Raymond Burr's American reporter character is there on hand to witness all the major plot points. Oh, and all those mentions of atomic bombing and American atomic tests, and it's probably all our fault that Godzilla wakes up in the first place. Nowhere to be found. When it came out, critics panned it, but despite its slap-togetherness, Godzilla King of the Monsters was a huge hit. Before, Godzilla was really only known inside Japan, so this was basically his introduction to the rest of the world. Oh, and Toho liked the King of Monsters name so much, they added it to their own promotional materials moving forward. The American theatrical run turned into a run on television, an Italian remake, and also strangely started a trope as reporters as main characters in Godzilla films. Raymond Burr would even return in the Americanized version of The Return of Godzilla, known to American audiences as Godzilla 1985. Although this time the main film remained a little more intact, with Burr not as aggressively spliced in. 
Toho would go on to make 30-plus Godzilla films, but it wasn't until 1998 that American filmmakers would take a shot at making their own standalone Godzilla film. Choices were made and it didn't go great. But Legendary's 2014 version of an American Godzilla film was much more successful, kicking off the MonsterVerse, which eventually introduced more of Godzilla's foes as well as King Kong, culminating in Godzilla vs. Kong, which was supposed to wrap up the MonsterVerse. But if the films have taught us anything, it's that Godzilla always returns. This has been 5 Minutes of Science Fiction History, your daily Sci-Fi 5 for April 27th. Sci-Fi 5 is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. Executive producer, Rod Roddenberry. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.